People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. And we're glad you join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. We're excited to continue spreading the message that promotes critical thinking and thoughtful conversations, advocating for social activism, and uplifting people everywhere. We're also inviting you to join us as we continue the work of encouraging and educating everyone with the edifying task of identifying, endorsing, and inspiring new and existing black businesses and individuals for the empowerment and prosperity of our community. Send your comments, questions, and suggestions, and follow us on Facebook, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at The Brothers Talk, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for details about our YouTube channel, our upcoming book, and tour dates. And now on with this week's program. Hello and welcome once again, Brothers Talk family and all our first-time listeners around the world, wherever you're listening in. Glad to have you with us once more in the fight for critical thinking and social justice. Jumping right into your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, because we care, here's something that has definitely flown under the radar. At the same time that the government relaxed its standards of protection from COVID-19 infections, like masking and routine testing, they also significantly decreased their tracking procedures, meaning that there are no longer any strict reporting guidelines for hospitals. That includes the fact that they only test for COVID when dealing with respiratory sickness instead of before they tested everyone. As you let that sink in, consider how much worse the actual reported surge in new cases may actually be than we actually know. And even with that, there are still way too many people out there who are not protecting themselves or their loved ones. So unless you or the people that you care about just want to get sick, You need to get vaccinated, get your boosters, and insist that your loved ones are all vaccinated too. Remember to wear masks in crowded situations, wash your hands regularly, use plenty of disinfectants, and if you or your children do get sick, stay home until the contagious period passes, which is five days for COVID, four days for the flu, and eight days for RSV from when you've noticed you first have symptoms. Who wants to start out the year in the hospital or worse from these preventable diseases? We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Hey, family. Thanks, Rod. Hey, family. Thanks for your continued support, as usual. And as Rod said, COVID is definitely on the rise. I'm seeing some mixed kind of way that people are responding to it. Some places I go, there are people with masks on. And then some establishments I go in, like today, I was the only person with a mask on. I went in the grocery store. I went in one grocery store. It was packed to capacity. And I think I saw my, it was myself and one other person. I went to another grocery store and everybody had a mask on. So the government need to step up and give some guidance because I think this thing is going to get out of control here uh, in the, within the next month. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I just wanted to say that, you know, this is the week that we celebrated Dr. King's Day. And I just wanted to reach out to the listeners, and I hope everyone reached out and celebrated and did something in their community to honor Dr. King. Rod? And this week, we're going to go at a topic that has bothered me for some time, especially this year, because the effects have been much more pronounced. And that's looking at the status of the officiating across the major sports. And for me, those sports are football, basketball, and baseball 
where you just have seen egregious numbers and severe efforts of officiating in these sports that make it really appear as though you wonder how the leagues themselves cannot be more in tune with recognizing how this affects not only how their sports are perceived, but the level of fairness of competition. At the end of the day, these are supposed to be competitive sports, and the officials' only job is supposed to be that they are there to see that the rules are fairly applied so that no team gets an advantage over the other. But what we've seen time and time again, whether it's in games that are critical to the playoffs or even just some of the regular season games. And sometimes I think the regular season games, bad officiating is almost there to condition you for the fact that when you see the same bad calls go on during the playoffs, that you really will have been desensitized to it. So that's the topic that I'm raising. And so I want to know what you guys think about what you've seen. What's your opinion? You know, Rod, I've seen um, exactly what you're saying, what you're talking about. And uh, my take on it is years ago, I saw something that happened. I used to bet on games. I mean, I do now just recreational, you know, entertainment. But back then I was serious about it. And I had a suspicion that, you know, there's some gambling. There's something going on here that people are controlling. And I think it was a Thanksgiving game. I can't remember. But Green Bay was playing somebody. And Green Bay was a five-point favorite. And actually, Green Bay was up by six points, and the clock was running out. They had the ball. I think it was something like maybe six seconds left on the clock, and all they had to do was punt the ball or kneel on the ball. The game's over. Punter takes a snap, runs out the back of the end zone, clock runs out, safety. And as the credits were rolling for that game, Brent Mersberger said, Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. If you had Green Bay minus five, you lose. And I was like, what did he say? So that in that to me said that there's some gambling going on here, you know, and I started looking at it from a different perspective. Then I looked at it as, you know, this is entertainment. You got guys getting paid, high price guy players being paid and officials are making glaring mistakes. I mean, they're standing right there when plays are being made and they're not making the call or they're making bad calls. And I just think that this is being sanctioned by whatever sports, whether it's the NFL, the NBA, or the Major League Baseball. They're sanctioning this because they see what we see. So I take it, I just look at it from a different point of view now. I, I look at it as, hey, this is purely entertainment and there's some gambling going on there. You know, Scott, I, t I tend to agree with you. This is entertainment, but it's also very big business. And people are paying a lot of money to go to these games. People are paying a lot of money to, to you know, to be able to actually have these games televised and what have you. And to have referees and umpires or what have you screw up and, and really ruin the experience, it's going to cost you, your fan base is going to cost your product, going to ruin your product ultimately. And to see professional athletes that you're paying to come see superstars thrown out of games because they're not getting obvious calls. They're being fouled or what have you. And, and it's just ruining the experience. And I really think at some point, these leagues are going to have to take some kind of responsibility 
for this and hold these refs accountable and their unions, which they're obviously not. They'd rather find the players for complaining. You're not even allowed to talk about the officiating in any of these leagues without being fined. And they're not publicly telling us how these refs and umpires, what have you, are being held responsible for their terrible calls. I think you both have great points because, Scott, I definitely remember the game that you're talking about, and I remember other games where you saw players, instead of scoring like the last touchdown, run and slide down right before they go into the end zone so that they didn't score and and put the game over the top. And as you say, Norm, I've also seen these situations where you've got the league continuing to try and almost undermine the credibility of the business model by not acknowledging that people are starting to question. But the one thing about the gambling side of which I definitely know is a part, you know, they even had the referee from the NBA who went to jail for that. And, you know, and as far back as the major league baseball, the old saying, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. But the other side of that though, is that sometimes the calls happen too early in the game to affect the outcome. And that's why I can't put it all on the gambling aspect of it. Because, I mean, you have these calls happening in sometimes the first series or the first quarter or the first few innings of a game, and nobody knows what's going to happen the rest of the way. You know, you have two and three quarters and halves left to go in the game. And so that's why I get back to the point of what is going on as far as who these officials are. Because nobody ever really tells you for instance, a sport like the NFL, how can you be the hundreds of billion dollar sport that you are and you've got professionals at every stage except for the officials? They still have part-time people who are giving their time. I know they get money, they get paid, but they are not full-time officials. Like the NBA has full-time officials. and But the NFL, which is the largest sport in the world is per capita, you know, now granted, Soccer is considered a more worldwide sport, but as far as the number of teams and the amount of money that's generated, there's no sport bigger than the National Football League. So how could you possibly entrust the game to part-time guys who have other jobs and who basically just get this training? And then, Norm, you brought up a point that I hope you circle back to, which is what's the accountability factor? Who ever sees how these guys get graded? They just tell you at some point that when they get to the playoffs, these are the guys who graded out the top. Well, what's that grading scale? We heard after the Dallas-Detroit game that the guys who messed up that call for Detroit at the end when they literally beat the Cowboys on a two-point conversion, they were getting demoted. But demoted based on what? And so that's the kind of thing that, again, takes me back to just wanting to know a lot more about the lack of transparency in the officiating in these leagues. Rod, you brought up a point about, uh, you know, sometimes it happens in early in the game. And I still think that that because when you take a look at some games, like let's let's take basketball. If you got an official and early in the game, they set the tone by, okay, we're not going to allow this team to to be aggressive on defense while this other team is doing what the hell they want to do on defense. And so they set the tone, and now this the, the team that they're not, they're, they're not allowed to be aggressive, now they got to play passive. They can't play the game that they normally play. Same thing in football. You know, when you're making calls, you're making calls when when guys, you know, you're letting, letting them be physical, 
You let one team be physical, but you're not letting the other team be be physical. So you're setting the tone. So it, they can do it early in the game. You know, that's the way I see it. But again, it's it's a big money maker. And the reason that the NFL is a huge money maker is entertainment. That's what it is. It's entertainment. They recognize that. But the, the, the problem here is there are a lot of people who are emotionally attached to these teams. You know, you got kids, guys who've been uh, just been in awe of certain teams and players on on idol sport since they were little boys. You know, when, you know, your dad or whomever taking you to a game, this is your favorite team. And so for the rest of your life, this is your team. So people are emotionally attached to those games and those teams and the sports these sports owners, they know it. The people who own these teams, who run the team, they know that. So, And that's why they're allowed to get, in my opinion, that's why they're allowed to get away with what they're getting away with. You know, you know Scott, again, this is a product. And, and you're letting these referees and umpires, what have you, who nobody's paying to see them. Nobody, Nobody's paying their hard-earned money to come to these games to see them. But they're determining, in many cases, the outcomes of these games. And that's really, really damaging the ultimate product here. You're not making your fan base happy, especially when they're kicking out some of the, the, the best players on these teams, which people come to see, you know, because because of their calls or non-calls. And, and, and that's really the issue that I have. You know, people are paying top dollar to see these athletes perform, and they're not able to get the product out on the field that they want to get out there, that they want to see, because you have these guys in stripes that are just screwing it up. And that's my issue. And so I can come in and recognize you're, you're absolutely right, Scott. You know, we say that the reason it's called ESPN and not SEPN is because it's Entertainment Sports Programming Network and not Sports Entertainment Programming Network. But I go back to the idea that even as entertainment, people want to see quality entertainment. Like Norm is saying there, that at some point when you have like that situation that happened in the Dallas Detroit game, and obviously I got no horse in that race there because I don't like either one of those teams. But I noticed that in the coming days and even up to a week later, when they were still talking about the game, even on the sports telecast, they were still talking about the call that was made that took the two point conversion away from the Detroit Lions. And now Mike came down on the idea like, okay, I agree that the officiating was poor, but I also didn't come down on the side of Lions. I said, well, they had a couple of times where they could have kicked field goals and they potentially could have at least taken the game to overtime if not won it. But at the end of the day, my point is that the argument was still about the officiating. And so I look at it at from the same perspective that when that becomes the focus and you're right, Scott, at, that early in the game, they can decide to change the tenor of what they're going to allow. But there are certain points in the game, though, where it's not just about how they officiate the contact or what they're going to call for pass interference or fouls or balls and strikes, et cetera. But they'll actually do things like early in the game overturn certain scoring plays and so forth. And so when that happens in like the first quarter, you know, to me, you don't know how that's going to impact the end of the game. And so there's that part of what I was referring to more so. And so I just look at the whole thing is just saying like, are they attempting to put out a quality product the best that they can, or is something else going on here where 
they are not concerned about anything other than is it just gambling or is it supposed to be now wrestling or wrestling like it is where you got predetermined outcomes? Well, you know, I want to talk about something. I want to address something that, that Noam said first in terms about, about the officials. And where I look at it with the officials, I look at that as, as like with a corporation. You know, they're part of management. The officials are part of the organization. I know they have their separate union or whatever, but they're part of it. So they're getting their marching orders, in my opinion, from management. That's why they are allowed to do what they're doing. That's why they're allowed to make bad calls and continue to make bad calls. We t- we talk about this every year. Last year, it was it was terrible. It was horrendous, some of the, the officiating that we saw. And, and this year has been the same. Every year, it looked like it gets worse. But I think it's sanctioned by management because they're making so much money every year every time they renew their contract even though there are people out there complaining about the same thing that we're complaining about on the internet you hear people like that detroit dallas game you're right people are still talking about that broad but even though they're still doing that ratings still are high they're paying more money cunt for the to get the rights to air those games so they got a product that they know is extremely popular, probably the most popular sport other than other than soccer. And soccer basically is because of the volume and uh, every country don't just don't have football. But they know that nobody, no people aren't. They're not stopped watching. They're not. They, they haven't stopped watching football. They haven't stopped watching sports. Period. And the ownership and People who are managing these teams and marketing these teams, they know that folks ain't going nowhere. And so I just feel like, the, you know, this is something I don't want to call it collusion because I think that the officials are getting their marching orders from management. And again, Scott, for me, it just comes down to accountability. If you're going to hold the players accountable, then the referees have to be held accountable as well. And they're not, I mean, they're not being held accountable. They're not being, you know, as we already discussed, they're not being, you know, measured out in public regarding their performance. And as you said, it's getting worse. So at some point, these leagues have to hold these guys accountable and give them an opportunity or a plan where they can do their jobs better. The fans deserve better. The players deserve better. We all deserve better. So there you have it. You know, we're always going to be on point in terms of giving you our thoughts on what we see. And as you know, the richness of our perspectives is that we don't always see it the same way, but at the very least, we're going to give you an opportunity to form your own opinion, which is what we sincerely hope that you take this opportunity to do. Take a look and see what you think. And then when you do that, Be sure to have some critical thought and enlightened conversations amongst those around you who just may have some similar or even different opinions that you can all grow from. In our Black Business Spotlight, meet Ronnie Sidney II and his inspiring story who spent seven years in special ed and graduated high school with a 1.8 GPA. He's now a licensed clinical social worker, therapist, best-selling author, and entrepreneur. Despite being labeled as an African-American student with learning disabilities, he also went on to earn a Bachelor of Science degree in human services at Old Dominion University in 2006. 
After that, he earned a master's degree from Virginia Commonwealth University School of Social Work in 2014. And so how inspiring is it? Because we know far too many of our young African-American kids who are in school are often classified because either they have undiagnosed learning disabilities or simply because the system just needs a way to make our kids populate those remedial-style classes. So it's awfully uplifting to see that a kid who went through that system was still able to effectively prove them wrong and not only go on to graduate from college with an undergraduate degree, but get a master's degree as well, and now has a couple of best-selling books out there. So remember, our ongoing Black Business Spotlight theme is Let's Relaunch Black Wall Street Nationwide. And you can follow Ronnie Sidney II on the different platforms at Ronnie Sidney II. That's a wrap for this week's show. And remember to follow us and share your thoughts with us by sending your comments as well as your questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on X, which is formerly Twitter, at The Brothers Talk. And catch us on Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. And until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time, your interest, and you can always rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's all do better today because that's all we really have.